right there a squared here so the first second opening salvo whatever you want to call it is the interview that I did with Mufti Abulaith um, a couple of weeks ago we touched upon a couple of topics coronavirus the Islamic response etc etc uh, have a listen I hope you enjoy Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh people Ahlam wa sahlam bikum wa marhaban Juan Ying Laita, bienvenidos a todos people Khushamadid and as always, swagatam, swagatam So, let me just check, first of all, I just want to check that people can hear me that we've got, that we are live, I'm just going to share this from the Facebook page. Um, if there's any audio issues, if there's any echoing, you can tell me now. I can just fix it before we start. Uh, I'm just going to share this. It's just going to take me 10 seconds to do so. All right. There it is, people. There it is. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. People are saying you're gonna burn yourself out. Nayar, no rest for the wicked. Folks, there you go. I'm just gonna post that. And we is good. Audio is good. Somebody's saying that's fine, that's awesome. Right, people, with all this mayhem and chaos, and since we're in Quarantena, alright, in la quarantena, we're here anyway, why not make use of our time? Who better to speak to when we want to know what the reality is on the ground? What is this COVID? Who can we speak to better than our esteemed guest tonight? Right here is a picture you can see in front of you people. That is the one and only... Dr. Majid Sheikh, people, from the West Midlands, UK, bringing him in right here. Assalamu alaikum. 
I'm trying to, since we're in the time of no social contact and uh, social distancing, I'm trying to bring the Hyderabadi Salaam back, back in as, uh, as, uh, as our way of uh, uh, greeting each other. And those that don't know that our uh, doc here, Dr. Majid, is a Dakani, all right, from Dakan Hyderabad people, where three things are definitely so popular and famous for the language, the biryani, and and besides any other places, Dr. Majid himself is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, as in the words of Zouk, those of you that don't know Dakan, but history of Dakan. As Zouk said, that even though we hear that Urdu has a huge value in Dakan, in Hyderabad, which is, uh, which you can, you can look it up on the map. Allah, Allah, Allah. See, this is where I would uh, you know, disagree and I would say that Hyderabad ki galiyon mein ek ajeeb dilchaspi hai. What is this about wanting to rename Hyderabad, what the uh, Indian government was suggesting? Uh, Indian government, uh, since the rightward shift of Indian politics in the 1980s and 1990s to now, what we have is basically the equivalent of uh, the Hindu Jamaat-e-Islami in power. You know, in uh, you know, to, to, put it, to put it in a Muslim kind of context, you know, we have a, uh, a very theocratic uh, Hindu nationalist government that's in power. And they want to, their version of history is that they have not been independent for a thousand years. That they were under the colonial rule of the British. And before that, they were under the colonial rule of various invader Muslim dynasties. Whether that would be the Mughals, the Lodis, uh, yeah, whatever. Hilgis you know. Yes, exactly, exactly. But they and had so, their own dynasty, dynasties as well. Yeah, South yeah, yeah, India, yeah, 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 the yes, whole... they, yes, they did. But the the point being that the Muslims were who of whatever type, whether they were Turk, Afghan, Persian, Arab, whatever they were, you know, they were invaders from outside and they were doing hukumat on mm. India, and they gave us these names. So why do we not go and take those original names back? That is the narrative. The problem with the narrative is, of course, that it's completely false. You know, there was no settlement at where what is now called Hyderabad, you know, before the, uh, the uh, ruler Nizam al-Mulk made the capital uh, or made that fort there, the Golconda fort and the uh, cantonment there. So... Um, it's a kind of, uh, it's a straw man argument, you know, they're trying to prove, you know, they're trying to say something when the reality on the ground is something different, you know. Uh, 
Uh, I, I, Sorry, I, to, just stop just for a moment, Doc. There's nothing. Uh, is there something uh, uh, rattling or anything close to the mic? I'm hearing some um, something moving around, like some paper or something. Or is it is it the mic scraping on the on the jacket as it's moving? I think uh, I think I think it might be the mic scraping on the jacket. Or no, it is. I think it's your uh, your your muscles. Kuch zada hil rahe na. Ab jab josh mein aa rahe to. Ah, baat Has the has the um, or is the audio better now? Uh, the audio is better right now. Yeah, okay. Shantoge to Satsat will be Shantoge. But um, it's true, it's it's so shocking to see. I mean, uh, the, the, I just brought this, just came straight to my mind because uh, obviously you're very acquainted with, uh, for those who don't know, Hamare Bharti doctor, obviously Hyderabad, not the Pakistani Hyderabad, Dakkan is in the Indian Hyderabad. Uh, uh, so you're very acquainted with the kind of geopolitics there as well, as well as being uh, a man of many talents, as well as being a consultant doctor as well. Uh, but I thought since we, that just came up, that's very, it is a sad state of affairs, a lot of what is happening. I know there was the whole, um, you know, with the CAA thing, and then there was the, uh, or the cab, if you want to call it cab, and the whole counter backlash, the Shaheen Bagh thing. But now with coronavirus, has that all settled in India? Is it have people? What, what's what's the status quo? See, the government uh, and Narendra Modi, the kind of the strong right wing strongman who is the PM there at the moment, he is very much fond of the grand gesture, right? The, where the implementation of it, he's not that interested in. But the grand gesture, the bold move. So his bold move has been to basically put the entire country on quarantine on you know on lockdown a lockdown more severe than what we're seeing here a lockdown more sim more similar to what the chinese had uh what the italians have you know a proper curfew if you're and if you're out and it's enforced uh you know there's police out with their lattes and whatever and in this uh, situation i think जब जान की परवाह रहती ना ये these these things uh, go into the background you know these are kind of times of you could almost call it national unity but unity because of the out of necessity you know you know you it, it, uh, uh, you need to I mean, if we look at the British example here as well, you know, where uh, does anybody does anybody talk about Brexit now? Is anybody wondering about the Labour leadership election, anything like that? No, because there are far bigger things at play, and there are far bigger things to be concentrating on. Um, so similarly, in India as well, I think that a lot of the stuff that uh, was going on with the uh, NRC with the NPR Citizenship Amendment Act protests X Y Z. I think a lot of that has um, been it, it it it's it's all had to stop, whether you're pro or anti, because the necessity of the hour at the moment is, you know, to try and stop the spread of this, you know, very infectious virus, and. You know, with the kind of hygiene standards and the kind of dense population in India, you know, it could really be a complete disaster. You know, um, you know, if we if we were to see, you know, a major outbreak there, and 
as you know, and as uh, I'm sure most of the people on here know, there's a lag time from between from initial cases to full exposure. Yeah. You know, um, and so in one sense, you could say that uh, because he is in the position, the Prime Minister Narendra Modi is in the position of being this kind of strong man, right wing populist, exactly. part, you know, with that larger majority on his back, he mm. can put in these more draconian measures yeah. in. Um, I just feel bad for the large proportion of labor and non skilled workers in India who literally are daily laborers. You know, you work the day, you get 100, 200 rupees, you have your dinner in the evening, you know. And the, what's, going, what's going to happen to those? So, you know, bichare hamesha gharibhi, they are the ones who always suffer in these situations. Um, it, it, I think we'll know the results of whether it's worked or not in a couple of weeks' time. True. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's... It is. Uh, it's something. It's amazing because it's only a matter of weeks, really. If we backtrack, it was almost uh, just a fantasy. This what the world is now seeing, and um, I mean, it's a, you know when you just think about it, it, that in 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 and of itself questions the nature of reality with a capital R. I mean, there there was an interesting article on the BBC News website which said the month that changed everything, you know, that on the 28th of February... What, not what 29th, were, the leap year. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, what, 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 what were we thinking? We were thinking about Brexit. We were thinking about the new budget. You know, we were thinking about um, the new Labour leadership election. We were thinking about what's Trump doing with China and all this kind of stuff. And now here we are four weeks later in, you know, basically virtual quarantine, hmm. um, only being allowed out of your houses for an hour a day or for bare essentials. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is, it, it does make you think. And uh, there was, and in the article, I had a very good uh, Point where it says that history may well be divided in the future into BC and AC, before Corona and after Corona. Oof, and that I, sounds very kind of apocalyptic, Doc. Well, I mean, it sounds quite scary it, almost. There are apps, of course. Yeah, there Okay, I mean, I, 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 should, I should put a disclaimer first before I say anything further. Of course. That everything that I say are my own views. They do not represent uh, that of any government, any hospital, any yeah. hospital trust, Just... anything, uh, anything of any sort. Um, I, Just... I am a doctor. I work in the NHS. I know exactly what the challenges are and the difficulties are. And I also know the sterling work that the NHS staff have been doing. Um, I know for a fact that many people were brought to tears by the spontaneous applause that was done yeah. a couple of days ago. And, and, um, and uh, you know, we must, uh, we must thank Allah, actually. We must thank Allah that we live in a country which has a national health system, which, uh, which, has, these kind of, which has these things in it. Um, 
you know, whenever I talk about, so whenever I'm talking about this, I'm talking about my own personal opinions. The government advice is out there on online yeah. uh, and, and been disseminated. Uh, there's been a lot of commentary about whether uh, what was done before was correct, whether it was done, um, uh, could the situation have been managed better? Yeah. There's discussions about where the coronavirus and came well, from. To... and trying to just to no. reiterate to our, just to be clear with our, our viewers that this, obviously, Doc, Dr. Majid, these are his personal opinions. They're not representative yeah. of where he's working, where he may have been working, no kind of institution. So just as a very clear uh, and transparent disclaimer. Yeah. And also, I want to just quickly put in the Dr. Majid is one of the unsung heroes of this country that are currently on the front line. So... Dr. Majid, first of all, I just want to express my gratitude to you, Yad. You're saving lives, Yad. Much love. Gio Merijan, Gio Merijan. And our reward is sought only from Allah. As uh, I think the quote comes from Imam Shafi, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that he knew of no other science uh, that was uh, better to learn apart from the sciences of religion than the sciences of medicine. Yeah, like they say, ilm al-adyan or ilm al-abdan. Yeah. The knowledge of adyan, of deans, or the knowledge of of medical knowledge, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, 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 I have an appreciation for that more since I've become a doctor than before. Uh, obviously, you know, like a lot of uh, young Asian men, I was kind of pushed towards, you know, Certain careers as Mera beta doctor My daughter also always has to say salam whenever I'm doing a podcast. Allah, Allah, Allah. Alaikum okay. salam. Layla's still awake as well, watching her iPad. <laughs> but. Uh, kya bol, kya bol <laughs> She's telling me that because the clocks are going forward, forward Allah, they have to advise you. You see, that my, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's you see, I have to call my, my younger one Zara. I call her Daddy. <laughs> Meri Daddy. Abuelita. Exactly, exactly. You know, I saw this so, meme which said that they've got this picture of this man and he says, the woman. Uh, a woman who could tell me what to do isn't even born. And then it says four years later, and he's there with this little girl, his daughter, and he's like all dressed up as, as she's kind of saying, It is amazing, isn't it? The, the power that daughters have over oh their fathers. It's so in amazing. A way, yeah, it, They've it, got in me wrapped way... around their fingers, you know, honestly. And I, I oh. never thought I would... <laughs> I, mean, I never thought... <laughs> I mean, I, I've got, you know, I've got two, I've got two boys, mashallah, and then I've got my, my daughter. And you know, there is a qualitative difference, you know, if the boys come up to me starting, you know, making demands, it's kind of like, oh, you know, shut up and I'll show you the back of my hand, lad. You know? but, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, father ko beta nahi baap kehte Note, we are not condoning domestic no, violence anyway. So brother. Be involved. Yeah. Symbolism, uh, yeah. Symbolism. Seeko jailo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Metaphors. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, yeah, no. So I mean, uh, getting back to what I was uh, trying to say was that um, I, 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 I do genuinely believe that the this country is going to uh, when we when we emerge, inshallah, from this crisis, mm-hmm. we will be a fundamentally different nation. And for and I'll give the example. I thought, thought you were going to add still about your daughter having you wrapped around your finger, her finger. Oh yeah, that's a done deal. What the what the Yeah, no, I mean the um, no. What I mean is about you know going back to the the, 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 the more tragedy. On a virus. Yeah, you know, like for example. Um, it, when you look at the measures that the Chancellor, you know, um, who's a Yorkshire lad, I'd like to point out. Is he a Yorkshire worked, lad, is he? Okay. Yes, where I worked for many years. Um, he, the measures that he's put out are very similar to a universal basic income. Something okay. that, you know... What, what do you six, mean by that? If just so, what I mean, so, 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 what, so what I mean by that is... So there is a policy amongst left-wing circles, mm-hmm. uh, amongst the the more more hard left, the more you know the Corbynites, if you would like. Corbyn, you know, if you want. Uh, yeah, yeah, Corbynista. Uh, which basically said that the best way to produce equality and of, of opportunity in society is to give everybody an income. You don't give them benefits; you give them an income. You give them. But then how would they? They don't work. You mean? You just give them money. Yeah, and, then, and then on top of that, if they work, they work. If they don't work, they don't work. Acha, acha. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you know, you can sit on your backside like and have... And have the yeah. Hukumat's... Naach meri bulbul. Yeah. And pretty much that was the response by most of the, you know, politicians, including on the, on the left, but obviously by the Tories, you know. What kind of magical money tree are you talking about? We can't just make print money and just give it, you know, people sitting around doing nothing, blah, blah, blah. But actually, look what's happening, you know, these last uh, week, last uh, two weeks. The government has offered to pay self-employed people what they would be earning up to two and a half grand because, you know, because of the fact that they can't work because of coronavirus. They are paying staff up to 80% of their wages as grants. Yeah. So which is about what, about two grand again? All right. So, 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 but I want to ask, are they, I mean, I've heard messages from people and I, 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 I've kind of seen things online. I've heard the announcement made by, uh, what's his full name? Rishi, uh, Rishi Sunak. Right. Okay. Sunak. So now I've, I've heard that and I've seen that, but I've not seen clear guidelines for how people can actually do that. Like they haven't actually, as far as I'm aware, they have made the announcement but is it actually real? As in, is it okay. happening? I, so, I've, I've heard so, that uh, so, not really. So I, I, I think that's a very fair point. What you have to understand is that a policy like this would normally take six months, eight months mm-hmm. to be formulated mm-hmm. and, you know, fleshed out and, you know, be released to the public, okay? And even then, there's no guarantee that it would work out very well. A very good example of this is universal credit. Universal credit has been beset with problems, you know, even though it's not a credit. So, therefore, now they're having to do all of these things in such a condensed time frame. You know, we're talking five, six, seven, eight days. I think 
a lot of the promises just because of the logistics of working it out on the you know when you have a reduced workforce when you know half the you know more than half the country is locked down mm-hmm. i think the logistics are going to be that people are would it not be easier would it not be easier for the state to simply uh, cut a deal with all uh, banks who have mortgages and loans and to say for the next two months definitely potentially three months no mortgage payments are to be collected they can be collected from the state now you see, because the banks are only a few you have to ultimately deal with. There's huge numbers of payouts, but a few banks in essence. Now, and landlords can also make a claim. As opposed, like that, and if they did the same for builds, like main build, essential builds, like gas, electric, I'm not saying, you know, satellites and whatever, but gas, electric, things like that. Fundamentally, most people's living costs, because they're just staying at home anyway, have drastically been reduced like they've now just got to worry about essential food now you see i would have thought that would be much more easier to do as opposed to say to the public all right people report claim money from us where you've got a population of you know almost 60 million how like i i i just don't see this being able to like i don't see reality to it that's all i don't know what i mean what i'd say is that i think the banks have already uh, the banks understand that they need to keep their customers and it is not in their interest for their you know there to be problems between them and their customers you know the people that but they're I'm meant being to. honest with you so, many banks uh, have said no like I know people who've uh, like on chat groups who've said I've contacted my bank for a mortgage holiday whatever and they've said yeah. no because that's not been my experience my experience has been that the majority of the banks that i have come across or my friends have come across have been very much of the uh, you know yes you know we are willing to you know help out and uh, you know etc so but um, wouldn't it be easier for the them to just build the state as opposed to the state because if you took down living costs of all adults within the uk you removed living costs for three months right now and essential bills like gas and electric that you would have already alleviated the burden and i think you could actually do it as well quite swiftly because the banks just deal with the government and they just get it done as opposed to the public i don't know this is just a thought why, yeah. why don't I make my cabinet? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever have you ever seen the old Indian film Giriftar? I have, you know, Amitabh Bachchan. Amitabh Bachchan and Kamal Hassan. Kamal yeah. Hassan, yes, yes, uh, yes. And uh, I think Rajnikant yeah. was in it Rajini as well. Rajnikant is in it as well, yes. Yeah. And he has like, one of them is a Muslim. I think Raj... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rajnikant is, is a Muslim. Muslim. <laughs> and, uh, at that, and the villain is uh, Khadr Khan. Khadr Khan, and, yes. And yeah, he has that skull. And the idea is Kopri. Kopri, yes, that's yeah. it, that's it. Yeah, yeah. This is my idea is that Kopri is in Kopri. You know, I watched those movies growing up as a kid. I must have, honestly, I grew up like probably eight, nine at that age. I used to watch these movies every day. My dad used to uh, play them, so we used to watch them every day. But yeah, we actually had that one at home. Good yeah, yeah, it was, it was one of my favorite ones. And But yeah, you know, maybe you should get that kind of 
skeletal model yeah. and have your own idea <laughs> kikopri, you know, from which these ideas come out from. No, going back to your point, uh, look, I mean, everybody's, everybody's making it up as they go along, man. Let's be honest. Mm. Everybody's making it up as they go along. Nobody, this is unprecedented. Everybody's winging it. Yeah, everybody's winging it. Mm. Um, you know, because nobody has, you know, come, uh, this situation has never, you know, there's, there's words that are used in the media which sensationalize situations, you know, yeah. unprecedented, unbelievable, this, that, and the other. This really is something without precedent. There is nothing, you know, we... One thing for sure, we'll be prepared for the next global pandemic. Well, <laughs> inshallah, inshallah we don't have one. And may Allah save us from one of them. Yad ye, these, <laughs> some of these Chinese yadjuj machuj. <laughs> you know, some people in the past used to believe China was yadjuj machuj. Yad ye, bande ke puttar nahi ban sakte hai kya? Can they stop eating bats? Yeah, I mean, they used to be the thing was that they thought that... that you know, I have some sympathy for the people for the of bats. the 12th century, for the, of the 12th or 13th century, who thought that the Mongols were the Yajuj and Majuj. Because imagine you're sat there in Baghdad, yeah, in your nice little silky place with your harem and this, that. And Allah, here comes Allah. the people that you've never heard of, you've never seen, with a language that you, you know, who look strange, mm. and they just devastate everything on their path. And this you eat know. anything. They yeah. like they like totally apply Maliki fiqh, even the part that no Malikis apply. <laughs> <laughs> Imam Malik's probably thinking, Yar, ye to ke I just said everything's halal to eat. I didn't mean <laughs> go and eat it. <laughs> yeah. I just said you could do it. It doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> just because know. I said bat ain't haram, <laughs> these guys start frying them. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, 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 you know, um, so, I mean, the, we are really in unprecedented times. And so, you know, we, we can all be uh, armchair uh, critics, uh, critics, or not, mm. only philosophers, you know, uh, armchair thinkers. And unhealthy debate is good. I mean, we are, it's good that we're in a, uh, a society where we have platforms such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, where, you know, the, you know, Joe Bloggs can get his uh, views known in a way that wouldn't have occurred even. Somebody's asked that. Am I looking at comments? I am reading the comments, guys. If any decent questions, we will uh, bring them in. Keep them coming. I am seeing them. Cool. There's much love to you as well, Doc, but do carry on in the comments. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we, have, we are a much more literate uh, culture than we were even, say, 15 years ago. You know, here's on a side tangential note, Doc. I don't want to drift away too much. Uh, but do you think I was contemplating this because I was, you know, I was thinking about it. I heard it in some kind of um, by some authors and stuff. And do you think we in this day and age, people by and large have a like a more developed sense of consciousness than people before just because of maybe um, the, the way children, whilst the neuroplasticity is still kind of growing, that they they're being kind of developed much more as opposed to children in the past just they weren't really being taught so much ideas and things like this and now that they are do you think there's a um a much more heightened 
consciousness collectively as a species by and large because some people set the anthropocene like the final scene of you know within anthropology of humans just from the industrial age to now even though you know you've got the human species i mean i don't know i just thought... I, I i i i would maybe collectively i can see your point hmm. but i think that's not true on a personal level I think like Plato I, was a deep thinker. Yeah, yeah. I I think if you look at children now, um, they are very much they they very they lack imagination. Mm, you they think la- so? I I think so because they are they are in a state of constant. Uh, stimulation and don't say a dodgy joke here now because I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but because, but because I'll refrain since it's children we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So. But you know, there you know whether it's with iPads or phones mm. or TVs, this one, they're so used to doing something mm. that when even the simplest thing disappears, it's like they they have no idea what to do. But don't uh, you find? I'll give I'll, yeah. I'll give I'll give I'll give just a personal example of when I was moving house. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know our Wi-Fi connection hadn't uh, got sorted, yeah. uh, as we were doing. And my my children were like, we're bored. We've got no idea what to do. And it's like there's millions of things you can do. You can go out and play in the garden. We've got cricket bats. We've got what you call uh, there's books to read. There's a football. There's this that. But they it, and it's like oh yeah, I never thought about that. It's they're so bombarded now with stuff that we you know that stimulates them cognitively yeah. that when that's when when that stimulus is lost they don't have the imagination to uh do things when you know when i was a lad you know uh, you know when we, were, right. when, when we were young you know if you got bored you found something to do but then you know you say that and i find their creativity the expression much more heightened than when we were kids. I think the confidence that young children have today, I definitely uh, don't remember any children from my age when we were kids being that kind of confident to express themselves, to have kind of like thoughts. Like I hear sometimes Layla's now, uh, mm, I'm gonna get in trouble now. (laughs) I see ages and years. Now she's now eight. And the thing is that despite this, uh, I mean, which when I think when I was eight, I, I, I think I must have been like barely a mute. <laughs> or, but the ideas and creativity and words and vocab and it surprises me. Like, I don't know. Like, I think this is why when I was hearing this thought that maybe people are of a uh, heightened consciousness as opposed to like, if you went back 500 years, do you think children or, 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 may, or people thought as deeply as they do today. But I agree with you. I think maybe on a collective level, but not necessarily individually because yeah. there are still... I mean, I, I mean, the other example I would give is, uh, I don't know if you ever visited Pakistan when you were young. I don't know, you know, five, six, seven years old. I don't know if you ever yeah, visited. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I remember visiting India when, when I was five, six, seven years old. And apparently it was obvious to everybody that I was the kid from foreign. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was the part. We call them, you know, we call them over there, uh, Valaiti. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. you guys, do you have this? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, but to a lesser extent. What, what do they term? Do, do they yeah, no, no, say no, no, Valaiti as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Bahir wale, bahir wale. Bahir, okay, bahir wale. Yeah, you yeah, know. And, yeah, and, and the reason was because... That, by the way, that, for people watching, Vilayati more so in uh, Mirpur sides, Azad Kashmir, they tend to say Vilayati. Yeah. Um, the thing is that you, uh, and one of the ways that they could tell was the fact that the local Indian kids were just so much sharper. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Chalak. You mean by sharp chalak? Yeah, cha- chalu, chalak. Jalak, shrewd, you know, yeah. they they have a jutpat answer straight after you, you yeah. know, like mm. you know that you'd you'd get some biryani and they'd say, oh, ye kiti achi biryani, khud banai ke bahar se leko hai, and you'd be like, a five saal ka bachcha, five year old kid is saying this. That is true. I did used to. I used to, I remember my uncle's daughter. She used to be. Uh, she was probably just like three at the time. And this lady used to come to our house and she used to say, she'd say, Acha, phir And she used to think that, oh, maybe the people at home teach her to say this stuff. Otherwise, how could she say it? But genuinely, she used to just come up with it. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whilst us as, um, you know, the Bahirwale Bache, mm-hmm. we were always the ones that were quiet and this because we didn't. You got a you yeah. got a solid point. There is a yeah, different yeah. level yeah. of intelligence, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, that kind of worldwide. Yes. So I think that if if you're using your analogy of 500 years ago, you know, mm. and saying that you know, are are we at a higher, more evolved level of consciousness? Well, and no, I don't think we are. Um, maybe in certain collective matters we are, but then I mean, yeah. even then, even then, you look at some of the philosophical points that Aristotle and Socrates yeah. were, to, you know, were talking about, you know, thousands of years ago. Immensely you know? deep, obviously. Yeah. So Indeed. I agree on the particular level, on the personal, individual level, definitely. Um, you know, but it's amazing that people are in quarantine now as a, as a moment of reflection and kind of locked up but people in the past like if we looked at 500 years ago one thing they generally i'm assuming wouldn't have had is the kind of uh, ambitions and aspirations that young people or people children grow up with like i when i grow up i want to be this notion because people were just where they were like you're a farmer your dad was a farmer his dad was a farmer you know, his dad was a farmer this you know it's not like oh when i grow up i'm going to be a something else i mean maybe the odd person thought that but i don't think collectively ambition existed and i, I think you can make that point uh, as a fair point for the latter half of the 20th century i think that it uh, i think that it has plateaued since yeah I would say that I don't I don't see any massive I know exactly what you mean you know when in the 80s you know well 70s you know you'd have kids saying I want to be an astronaut I want to be on the moon I want to be on telly or whatever and yes maybe 60 70 years earlier they wouldn't have said something like that but you know now 40 years after that now now we're yeah. you know into the middle of getting into the you know, the first quarter of the 21st century, I don't think there's much of a qualitative difference. If anything, I would say that the amount of uh, creature comforts that people have nowadays make the asp- make actually deadens your aspirations. Mm. Like you because- mean, 
Do you mean the the breadth of choice it paralyzes? Is this what? No, 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 no. What I mean is that you have so many creature comforts mm -hmm. that the concept of necessarily becoming something greater, yeah, yeah, is less of uh, an ambition. I'll give, uh, too yeah, comfortable. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give the example of my my father, my late father, uh, 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 he uh, he became a doctor in the seventies in in India, uh, and moved over to this country. Now he had ambition from the start. You know, my grandfather was just a civil servant in the uh, Indian civil service. You know, my father had the drive of becoming, uh, not just becoming kamyab, as they'd say, not just becoming successful, but becoming khabil, you know, becoming, you khabil, know. Khabil, uh, the, yeah. the Hyderabadi accent, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the qaf yeah. as a kha. Yeah, uh, but but you know you know making something of yourself, making you know you know improving yourself uh, as a person, mm -hmm. and so you know he you know he went for medicine even though he came from humble background you know even though he had to cycle to whatever and they didn't have electricity and blah 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 and you know um, you know that was an that was a generation that had that ambition you know mm -hmm. of they could see themselves not living in a two-roomed house in yeah. Hyderabad with 15 other relatives but I'm going to go off and I'm going to go Vilet, I'm going to go Bahar I'm going to you know, be a doctor I'm being this mm. now if you have seen hardship like that yeah. then you know you, uh, you strive longer and harder for the better right sure, sure. if on, if on the other hand you've had as 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 you know my mother would say khate pite log you know people you know people who are you know who are comfortable you know they've never had to worry about a meal in their life they've never had to worry about the electricity going they've never had to worry about getting the water this that, and the other then so their then their aspirations are also you know well life's good enough as it is why do i need anything more um, like necessity is the mother of invention. Like you have to. Sometimes you struggle is essential for development. Yes, exactly, exactly. And if you don't have a struggle, then you won't develop. Number one and number two, if you do, uh, if you don't have a struggle, you will invent one. Yeah, no, it's true. Like Tolkien. I, I, mm. uh, I mean, this is something that um, I uh, have. Uh, Listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson. Yeah, sure, legend, you know, that, that, absolute legend. You know, yeah. uh, he's 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 also living proof of how hidayah only comes from Allah, because philosophically he has proved, as far as I can see from his you know, his lectures and stuff like that, philosophically and rationally he's proved the existence of one God, and he's proved this, you know, what we would call the Islamic narrative of doing good works and good deeds and you know they will have a good effect on you and society whatever and yet he is at the least ambivalent towards islam at worst he has an open hostility Khair, moving that to the do, do, to do the, you sense the, that i i didn't i didn't actually sense that from him no i, I mean quite... when he has been asked directly when he's been asked directly, what do you think about Islam? And he says, I don't know what to make of Islam because I can't figure out whether it's a religion or a political system. Mm. Uh, um, and, it, 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 and in Islam, I cannot see what he believes is the founding principle of the Judeo-Christian 
uh, model, which I also think is actually works in the Islamic model, which is the uh, the sovereignty of the person upon himself. Mm. You know that you are a sovereign agent, and you will be judged according to what you do and what you don't do. You know, you judged according to your actions. You know, I mean, that's a very that's a very Islamic way of thinking, if you yeah, if you course, think about it. You know, um, anyway, but and, and, um, just. Uh, uh, you know, uh, g- going back to uh, what we were saying, you know, he was he talks a lot about how the mind has either, you know, you can call it either evolved, designed, whatever your beliefs are about, you know, that process, you know, to deal with struggle. So we'll now, come uh, to, sorry, Doc, just to interrupt, some people asking questions, we'll come to your questions about cousin marriages and things like that. Uh, let, let once later on as we kind of conclude on these but carry on doc i just want yeah, to yeah. acknowledge because somebody kept repeating the question yeah 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 sure so sure, much sure. yeah sure. uh unfortunately i can't see the question so i yeah I, yeah uh, no, no no problem but i mean we will be dealing with that but yeah, yeah, yeah. carry on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um and so what happens is is that because mankind is so used to struggles mm-hmm. and he's so used to and he's designed to deal with struggle mm-hmm. yeah and stress that when there isn't stress, he invents it in his own mind. Okay. okay. So, for example, you know, we talk about the mental health crisis that's occurring, you know, in these the last 30, 40 years where so many people are now, you know, on classically, uh, clinically depressed. Yeah, yeah, clinically depressed, uh, on antidepressants, this, that, and the other. And this wasn't the case before. And you think to yourself, well, why wasn't it the case before? Well, because the before people had real necessities and things that they had to struggle with. Um, as an example, another example, my uh, aunt, my khala, my mother's oldest sister, um, unfortunately died over the weekend. Was it related to the COVID thing? No, it was not. Uh, okay. She she was a patient who she had a heart problems and unfortunately she had a heart attack and they, you know she passed away. Now the reason I mention her is she is you know my, my the older sister of my mother. My mother is in her seventies, so she's so she was in her eighties. Okay, she was of a generation where every woman lost a child. My mother my mother tells me. You told told me of how her sisters. Oh, this sister, she had beautiful twins, but they died. One died at, you know, two months after being born. Another one died the year after being born. You know, then and uh, and then another uh, sister. She also had two kids that died. You know, my own grandmother. Uh, apparently, you know, my father wasn't the eldest child. The eldest child was one that died at the age of two or three. Infant mortality was massive in those days in those days and the people had to deal with that you know can you imagine now right um uh, having to deal with the loss of a child you know it, it, it you know it's inconceivable i mean yeah it's inconceivable and yet there they were a generation in which every nearly every woman of that generation of that household had lost at least one child at least one child you know, so Allah has designed us to deal with these kinds of stresses, and they and they did. You know, she lived to the age of eighty. She, you know, her, her she brought up her children, got her daughters married off. Mashallah, my they were, 
but you know they, they were a, successful a kind of a warrior class of people subhanallah yeah and now we don't have those existential threats to us and to our families and to our children so our brains find something and therefore we get stressed about work we get stressed about deadlines we get stressed yeah. about not finding the right partner you know you know things which uh, i'm not trying to belittle any of these in any way shape or form uh, i'm no, i am a doctor I, I am a doctor i know how severe clinical depression can be um and i know you know it, it is a real problem but it is a problem that is caused by modern life modern society no, true, true, true. absolutely modern... you know in the uh, what is it ghame ishq karna hota ghame rozgar hota you know it's like yeah. the, the mind will just find a problem to preoccupy itself with them yeah subhanallah yeah, yeah so i, I mean, mean do you feel in some ways look calamities some people are saying the way these things happen there is a cycle and this nature has kind of gone in that sense almost full circle or is turn a cycle and what and what we're seeing now in terms of covid-19 is a a struggle that is part of a natural phenomenon that has always been happening i mean what what, what are your thoughts on this doc okay so I I am always suspicious of anybody who starts talking about nature having cycles. Mm. And the reason I say that is that you are giving agency to something which in in your own world view doesn't have agency. You know, what is nature? I mean what what, what is it? I mean, you know, can someone define it? Can someone show it? Now, if you are a religious uh person, you are a person of faith, whether that's muslim um um you know ways that, you know it says in the quran that you know allah has his sunnah of dealing yeah. with people and he has his own ways of uh dealing with uh creation yeah. and and kind of go, laws in nature like wa lan tajida li sunnatillahi tabdila like yeah. that kind of thing yeah 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 now uh, now if you're going to go and say like that and say that you know you know god has these you know uh, uh ways in which you know civilizations uh, rise and fall and whatever then in you know or you know ecosystems change i mean you know the, the geological record is full of mass extinctions and uh full of all sorts of things yeah. you know if you're going to look at it from that perspective then i can i i i can say okay fine yeah that's a that is a that's a possibility but giving it this amorphous kind of oh this is just nature correcting itself or something like that like I, anthropomorphizing it almost like it's a being yeah, like and that yeah exactly it's like it's a, it's like it it's it's a, it's a, the old, the the old salafian me would call it you know it's you know it's the shirk of the atheist you know the sh- you know of giving the attributes of god to inat inatima inanimate and yeah. uh, and um uh how would you put it uh unintelligent uh uh forces. forces yes forces a great forces a very good word exactly mm-hmm. you know like like for example when dawkins yeah. talks about the selfish gene as if the gene has a brain of its own You know. But one can ask is it not like 
like when we look at like let's take a look at viruses by their very nature the fact the way they infect the host the way they infiltrate the cellular kind of bodies the way they replicate the way they then sometimes develop certain symptoms or trigger symptoms in the host that will lead to further kind of spread of this virus or make them more attractive to another host is the, it's almost as though it's intelligently done is i mean almost i mean would you yeah, not yeah. Well, it seems well, well, like very yes, I, yeah. I, I mean for me hmm. for me as a muslim i believe of course it's intelligently done there's a creator there's a creator that has created these things mm -hmm. and of course you know uh, you know allah has created uh, you know just as he has created man and he has created the planets and the stars and the moons and whatever he has created viruses and he has created each of these with a purpose you know and and if the purpose of the virus is to propagate itself by infecting you know um well, one of the things that i have been contemplating and pondering about over these you know whilst uh you know being in these quarantine phases you know we often think of the punishment of god uh, upon a nation being something cataclysmic you know like a big earthquake like you know the way the ad and thamud are discussed in the quran you know yeah. whilst actually you know the 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 writing of wrongs by god if he so desires he can do in whatever way he wishes and, and and if the way that he wishes to do so is to do is with a virus which infects people decreases the labor force makes countries much poorer than they were even months ago earlier yeah. you know puts people out you know out on the streets then um that is perfect in my world view and in my philosophy that's perfectly feasible so i mean i agree with you doc but i i would like to just clarify here you see i believe in and i was saying this uh in an earlier discussion that look as allah says regarding many things including the covid situation right now crisis that 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 there is an ibra in everything mm -hmm. we can take heed that how Allah questions that you know were there not certain people nations like the Qawm Ad who thought, who really kind of boasted of their strength were there not other civilizations that were brought to their knees and today you see no sign of them well you know you won't even hear a whisper about them today and yet they reigned so mighty and yeah. you know and they were so huge and their power was insurmountable and yet how the mighty have fallen now exactly, exactly. but so in that sense how allah you know that this this something that is microscopic invisible to the naked eye can bring the world to a standstill and despite our immense power our nuclear technologies our you know the, the 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 way we have dominated the globe, our domineering of of the environment. Yet we can't handle we can't handle yeah. something that is invisible. And this, if it's going to be anything, it can bring us closer to our Creator by fathoming that. That is yeah. something which I totally agree, endorse, and I would teach. But then there is a distinction in saying that is this a punishment from god for people or no is so, yeah, so I, some I, people I, are saying that god has sent this to punish 
for example, China and Iran, and uh, and then now he's punishing the world with it. I, I mean, I think this, uh, these are slightly two different things. Yeah, One no, is I, I, recognizing I the glory and the magnificence and the power of Allah in his creation and how yeah. we are ultimately nothing in comparison yeah. to that. Yeah. And one isn't I, saying, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. I agree with you entirely. None of us know the mind of God. True. None of us know what his intentions are, you know. And, um, and so I would be very wary of... Uh, you know, it, our kind of South Asian Molvies have this tendency of saying, etc., etc. You know, this kind of stuff. And you're like, you're basing this upon what exactly? You're basing this upon what exactly? Do you do you know do you know the mind of your uh, of your Lord? No, you don't. So I I do take your point that we cannot jump to conclusions but at the same point uh, again going back to your previous point about taking an ibra from everything you of know course, looking course, you know looking at it and saying well is this what happens when you push uh, an ecosystem to the limit you know is this what happens when you know you have massive populations eating you know, basically bush meat and all sorts of creatures leading to transmission of exactly. viruses. Exactly. No, you thank know. you, Doc. Because I, you see, that is my point that, yes, I feel we as humans are culpable. And we, you know, people might say, oh, is this not a time for repentance? I would agree. But what does repentance mean? Repentance from what? Repentance from having pushed, like you said, the ecosystem. Repentance from having spread and contaminated this globe with what we're doing, repentance from... You see, what I'm trying to say is, this is not a, a reaction to metaphysical... Like, for example, I've been backbiting, which is not a good thing, let's say. Now, as a result of that, God has sent this virus. Or is it that we have, you know, irresponsibly been handling the globe the way we have? We've been doing things, tweaking things, sometimes carelessly, sometimes... Do you see what I'm saying? So there is no, a I, reaction... No, no, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I agree with what you're saying. I also think that the two meanings are not necessarily mutual, or the two uh, uh, philosophies, if you want to put it that way, are not mutually exclusive. You know, there are times when, sure, sure. You, know, you know, when just from an experiential point of view, you realize that something, some bad stuff is happening and you know that you've done the dhulm upon someone before and you think to yourself, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Allah is getting me back for having done that dhulm upon someone else. You know, so... Sure, I as a personal so, reminder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so I think, yeah. so, I, so I don't think the two things are mutually exclusive. Sure. I, think the pro I think the problem comes in that people are too simplistic and people are not nuanced enough. Right. And people, you know, um, and maybe that's the intellectual level that they're at. You know, maybe that's the intellectual level that, that that's the only way that they can make sense of the world. And if that is the way that, you know, Allah has given them the faculties and that is the a yeah, way. Because I am fine with people taking themselves to account. The problem is when they take others to account for these subjective feelings. So like, so a person like if I felt that, you know what, look, I'm suffering now. And last month or two months ago, I was being so arrogant 
about something and look how in my mind this may be a kind of punishment. Let's say I'm subjectively experiencing that this is a punishment uh, from God to remind me not to be arrogant. That, I think, that personally, I think there's no problem with that. A person personally thinking that. The issue I find is when I say to you that we are suffering because you have been sinning. You see, now this... I, the, Imposing on others your subjectivity is what I have the problem with. Not on your, as a personal thing, I think you're right. Most of the world, they do get by with, humans get by with stories. And to most of the world, this is what people get by with. Look that, you know, Allah is punishing us or this is happening and that's happening. And if they want, that's fine. The problem is when they export that and kind of project it onto others. See, the... That would show to me a fundamental lack of understanding of the human condition. Mm. If uh, so, for uh, I'll, 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 I'll illustrate in an example, if I may, a completely different example, but uh, an example. So you may uh, you may pray in a particular way, for example. You know, you do your salah. Maybe you do Rafa'i then, for example, mm-hmm. right? And Just so the, the public know that Doc is also Maliki. <laughs> yes, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I've also been converted to the way, 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 way of Medina, the school of Medina. No, yeah, through, through the same teacher as well. Through the same seems. teacher, Doc is currently studying with Sheikh Sidi Iqbal, who I do hope to get on the show as well soon. One of, I, I feel one of the most profound minds especially on islamic thought within the uk i personally feel that's my personal experience but yeah yeah no i would i would agree with you as well the the depths of knowledge that he has and you know i and uh, uh, he'll probably have a go at me for saying so but you know i i see a, i see a true man of god there Absolutely. i don't see a, i don't see a molvi i see a true a man of god Absolutely. you know I, and, and there's a quality of difference but anyway um so yeah so um uh, being my, uh, being my, uh, as as uh, Mufti said, you know, I'm Maliki as well. But but I'll just give the example of whatever it may be, whatever uh, uh, madhab or mashhab. Sure, sure, sure. That was follow. side yeah. note. You know, you know. But, Irrelevant. But say for example, uh, I pray in one way, mm-hmm. and person, and I meet someone, and he prays in a different way. Okay. Sure. Now, that person may have been very much like, why aren't you praying the way I'm praying? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you praying the way I'm praying? Why aren't you praying? Why are you praying like this? Why are you not following the sunnah? Or why are you not doing this? Or why are you not doing that? And to me, my response has always been, you think about your prayer and I'll think about my prayer. Because ultimately, God is going to ask you about yours and God's going to ask me about mine. You have fundamentally misunderstood the human condition. The human condition is that we are responsible for ourselves and what we're and what uh, come come within our responsibility. Ah, we are we are not here to argue and say that uh, my version of the truth is right or my version of this is correct. That's not believe to do good deeds. To extol people towards the haq, to extol people towards patience. That's Surah Asr. Yeah. yeah? That's what we're here to do. So concentrate on yourself. 
you know, and, 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 you know, and so therefore I second your point in 100%. You know, if you want to subjectively think about that and say, you know, yeah, God's teaching me a lesson because I was, you know, I was an arrogant so-and-so the other, you know, and I thought of myself as the big man and now God's giving me a bit of a tapar back, yeah, <laughs> then that is completely, you know, that is sensible. But you then saying, no, God is punishing because of what you have done and what you have done, what they have done. Yeah. تمہارے کو کیا فکر پڑتی ہے کیا فرق پڑتا ہے اللہ کے سامنے تمہارے کو وہ بات کرنے کا نہیں ہے کہیں کو اتنا وائی یو سو بادت وائی یو سو بادت یو نو اف سو ون سو ڈز سم تھنگ دیٹ یو ڈس اگری ود لیم ڈو اٹ ہی ول آنسر ٹو گاڈ یو نو ون آنسر فور ہیم یو نو اینڈ اف ہی از رائٹ الحمد للہ اینڈ اف یو آر رائٹ Alhamdulillah, inna lamala bin niya, everything is but by intention. Absolutely. Allah. So it's, it's, a, it's more of a faulty understanding, you of know. Of course, of course. Uh, and this understanding that, look, we can keep the subjectivity as we please, but that should not stop us from trying to always proactively fix or remedy the situation. So hu- human beings, we should be... trying to use our aqal. So right now, with this current crisis, people should be working on vaccines or should be working on antidotes. We should be exhausting our kind of intellect. Um, I know some uh, uh, Mulvis have, and Imams, uh, surprisingly, some religious folk have started saying, well, the solution is, I don't know, black seeds. It's, uh, today I heard, saw a video of somebody saying it's uh, some kind of Arab spices called sumaks because the Prophet appeared to somebody in a dream. Uh, I, some people are saying, well, the solution is we're going to do a bunch of adhans every day and hopefully this will scare off uh, COVID-19. Um, which obvious, I mean, there some thoughts on this, but then coming back to this actual discussion on the vaccines and where are we on that? Uh, and your insight as a medical practitioner. Uh, I mean, um, as far as I understand about the vaccine, uh, the vaccine program, there's lots of people who are, you know, looking into it. A vaccine is eminently possible with the strain of virus that we, that exists. Yeah. So this COVID-19 is something that can be vaccinated against, uh, as opposed to something such as, say, HIV, HIV for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but producing a safe, vaccine mm-hmm. is not an easy process and even at the best of times you know uh takes you know up to a year yeah. for, before you it's can... like three or four phase trials it has to go through exactly exactly like exactly so, yeah. and you do not want the treatment to be worse than the disease you know because you know you do because not because i've uh, heard that the the mers Uh, vaccine caused a lot of uh, back like side effects in medical practitioners on the front yeah, line who took yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, we, we, we see this every year. Every year there is a cohort of patients and GPs will tell you about this much more than I can as a hospital doctor. But you will always see a cohort of patients who are given the seasonal flu vaccine yeah. and then they develop proper full-blown flu and are quite unwell. Because you know. the immune system can't cope with it? Is that what we're saying? Or well, I mean, you know, because what, what are you doing with the vaccination? What is the, what is the underlying premise of a vaccination? Because I thought they inoculate a kind of like a cellular portion of, the, of this virus so the body develops its own immune against it, immunizes itself. Yeah. So basically, okay, so you're right, you're right. But what, so the basic premise is 
you are giving someone a small shot of the disease. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that the body develops a immune response so that when it does encounter a larger concentration of the pathogen, mm -hmm. it can mount <laughs> a proper, pathogen. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it can it, it can mount a full immune response mm -hmm. towards that. So the first vaccines that you used to get were like TB vaccines. Yeah. Right. Um, and they would they would actually cause you to have TB very, very mild. Yeah. But they would have you would have that. And then you would then be immune now for the rest of your life, you know, because you'd now built up an immunity towards that. You know, and then um, as science progresses, you then move away from what these are, what are called live vaccines to uh, inactive vaccines, where you figure out, okay, what portion of the virus or the pathogen is the active part that is causing that the immune that the immune system needs to defend against, yeah, and then you're inoculating people with that, so you're then giving them, you know. You know, just a, maybe a couple of specific protein chains or specific, yeah. you know, strands of DNA that the that the body then recognizes, so that when the full, when the full blown thing turns up, yeah. the body is like, oh, and we know how to deal with this. Exactly. Okay, yeah. you know. Um, again, actually, just on the side note, if this isn't again another proof for the existence of God, I don't know what is, because I mean, you know, COVID nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, no, I mean, the idea, the, the, the idea that an immune system can, you know, uh, be modulated and, you know, if it's wow. exposed to something once that it, it can then, you know, fight it uh, off. Yeah, fight it off. Um, you know, uh, to, to quote Sidi Iqbal, you know, Akhal Mandku Sirfi Shariki Zurrutai. Kabi, uh, as to quote uh, Molana Abdurrahim Limbada, Kabi, Allah Mia Kitarav Sevi Shareate. In dreams, in dreams. Limbada Sab, Limbada Sab, Limbada Sab, Limbada uh, be before I followed uh, a madhab, uh, I was very much involved with a lot of Salafis and Ahlul Hadith. Yeah, you and uh, and uh, I must say, we we used to say some silly stuff, yeah. But you Dubandis have really. <laughs> you, you. I, I don't want to get sectarian about this, stuff, but man, you guys come up with some funky stuff sometimes. <laughs> I totally agree that they. <laughs> You know, it's it's amazing the <laughs> the I think I don't know whether Desis are at the top of the list of coming up with the most funkiest or whether I, I mean uh, Arabs do as well, they, they, but I don't they, know. They, but I've just seen this. You're Desis probably like, right. You're probably right. It's more of a circumstantial thing. It's more of it's the fact that it's Desis and <laughs> and, and Desis happen to be Brilvis and Dilbandis in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, those are the two major denominations. Um, so it's it, you're probably right. It's probably that. But some of the stuff, you know, was just. I was like, it's the year 2020. I can't believe people are talking about. You know, so and so came to me in a dream and told me that we must not close the massages or this will happen. Yeah, or so what, so. what is you know? Yesterday I saw this uh, discussion, live discussion. It's on Facebook between Mufti Taki Saab 
and Lama Javed Ramti Sab, and it was like a live discussion. They've been phoned in, both of them, uh, on some kind of TV show where um, Javed Ramti Sab was saying, obviously, you need to shut these masajid and things like this. And Mufti Taqi, I was shocked, arguing that it, the fara'id of a, the obligatory part of a prayer must be offered in the masjid. <laughs> Doc, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, you are you are far more learned than I am, mashallah, in Islamic sciences. But as far as I understand it, for, you know, if we're going to start with the fiqh of it all, yeah, in the Hanafi madhab, salah in jama'ah is not fard. It's not fard, exactly. No, no, it, it's it's sunnah muakkada, if I remember yeah, correctly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's own, it's only uh, amongst the Hanabila. Um, uh, there, and um, therefore, you see it in the you know in the Gulf states and in Saudi and whatever you know they'll be very strict about you know going to the Jamaat and you know going to the Salah and whatever. So, so number one, I don't understand exactly where Mufti Taqi Usmani has even come up with that opinion, since he is supposed to be one of the most preeminent Hanafi jurists in I, the I, world. I was I, seriously I, I disappointed with. Yeah. I was like, I can't um, believe this kind of irresponsible. Uh, I mean, I, 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 again, disclaimer before the haters hate, you know, I, I have respect, you know, uh, Marshall, you know, Marshall, great knowledge, much more than I will probably ever be. Uh, same with uh, uh, Javid Ghamdi Saab, you know. Who but Javid Ghamdi Saab was actually uh, saying that we should shut the masjids and everything. No, 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 I, so. yeah, but I'm, I'm just giving, I'm just giving everybody, you know, their due, you know, Jew, the, you know, that, that, you know, and that, you know, unke samne ham kone, hai, ham, you know, ham kya hai ham, yar, ham kuch bhi nahi. Yeah, but you know, then, yeah, yar, common yeah, sense. Lekin, 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 I, I have very strong feelings about this um, obsession that uh, especially the South Asian Desi Muslim uh, communities have about keeping the massages open. You know, that they, uh, even when all the information about COVID was coming out, all the things about social distancing, all the, you know, discussions, you know, they would, they would, they would come out with things like, oh, the Buddhist, the, uh, the elders should stay at home and the, um, you shouldn't do wudu in the masjid and just come in and go out. But they wouldn't close it. They wouldn't close it because, and I, it would frustrate me as a medical professional because it would be like, you don't understand how this disease spreads. This disease, this disease is very infectious. Yeah. You may, you can be a, you can be a carrier without having any symptoms. You know, you could meet someone and you could then having uh, uh, greeted them. Now have the virus, go home and then give it to your elderly mother, yeah. you know, and your elderly mother is not necessarily going to do well on a ventilator, right, in a, uh, uh, or in critical care. And it just seemed like you didn't, they just couldn't get it through their skulls, right? Or they, maybe they get it, but they say, you know, like some of our, mashallah, tabliki jamaat hazrat, they've... Because the Tabliki Jamaat Hazrat are still going full swing as I hear. And they say, Koi baat nahi, yaqeen hai. Yaqeen hai Allah ta'ala pe. And you know, there's like, COVID, ye bhi yaqeeni baat hai. Or, hamara tawakkul bhi yaqeeni hai. Yaar, they, this world can't cope with that much yaqeen. <laughs> ask, ask, ask them if they lock their doors at night. Hmm. Ask them if they put a seatbelt on when they get in the car. 
Ask they probably don't put a seatbelt, but the doors, I definitely think. When it comes to yeah. money, do they just leave their money uh, just there like that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do they leave their keys out in the open? This is not the sunnah. This is not the prophetic way. The prophetic mm -hmm. way, as we all know, is you tie up your camel and then you have uh, trust in God. You are here. You are refusing to tie up your camel. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then you're going to have trust in, in God. In fact, well, I heard some of the... Um, I think it was the Gaza cases of COVID. Uh, they were traced. I think it was Gaza, the Palestine. Yeah. It was traced back to they had been on Jamaat. Tablighi yes, Jamaat. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So Tablighi Jamaat went to Gaza and gave the, gave them COVID. <laughs> they go, have you brought aid? They because, go, Chalo, aid we brought you COVID. <laughs> yeah, because uh, because ironically, Gaza was one of the most secure places to you know a most unlikely place to get it because of the massive restrictions that the Israelis and the Egyptians have put on their borders. Yeah. You know, and, and getting in and out that actually, you know, it's very difficult, would have been very difficult naturally for yeah, to, to infiltrate from, that, that yeah, society yeah, to, to get there. Exactly. Magar, and, you know, my, I, and, you know, Iman or Yakin ki jahan baat ho. Allah, ah. jahan jamaate tashkeel ho. Okay, <laughs> ah, yeah. as I said, you know, you know, you know, do, you know do, don't lock your door at night then, innit? And, you know, uh, all the other things that you know, which you don't, which you just oh, don't eat any food. Allah rizq deta. Don't don't get a job. Wow. Don't get a job. Allah rizq deta. Then they will lie on it. Yeah. Come on, you know. Come on, you know. Grow up, right? Honestly, up. and I can't believe how they. Why haven't the Amis spoken up on this? Okay. Now, okay. Now I'm going to be controversial here, and I'm going to say Quite that it's all yeah. too much. Welcome to my world. Be yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all it's, it's all down to money, okay? Money. The masajid and the Darul Ulooms and the Madinatul Ulooms and all the other facilities that belong to all the mosques of all different denominations within this country are all charitable organizations, okay? They run on the money that is donated to them by the congregations that they serve. Okay, now we you know whether that is whether that is Sunni, Bareilly, Shia, Diobandi, Ahle Hadith, Salafis, whatever. Now I and so therefore, you know, dukan chalne ke liye dukan khuli rehna chahiye, right? Yeah. You know, but for so for so for the masjid to be running, the masjid has expenses and the masjid mm. has uh, needs money, and I have no problem with that if you're transparent about it. You know, mm. um, so, be honest. Like we yeah, need yeah. money, people. Yeah. We need so money. for example, so for example, Green Lane shut its doors. Uh, Green Lane Masjid in Birmingham, uh, one of the la uh, larger uh, Salafi uh, uh, masjids in uh, Birmingham, have a lot of experience. In the UK, with them. one of the largest in the UK, I think. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And they could. They were one of the uh, you know first to close their doors and say we're no longer going to do Juma and the congregation of Salah. But then they sent out things saying that this is actually going to cause us a significant financial deficit and could, you know, we would request if people could, you know, set up a standing order for £5, £10, whatever, that we could get, you know, monthly from them so that we can keep the lights on, right? You know, I respect I, that. That's yeah, yeah, very... I, 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 I really I, respect I, I, that. Yeah, and, and for being so that, honest like that. Yeah, you're wow. just being honest. You're just being honest, mm. right? You're just saying that, look, you know, uh, we run on your donations, so that's it. Now, if the other masajid, uh, if the other masajid were just honest like that and just said that, look, you know, we need to keep uh, the masjid going because if we don't keep the, so you know, if we don't, 
when we lose our revenue stream and yeah. then you know masjid band parti yeah? yeah well you know fine that's fine okay but don't now try and close close it with you know trying to make it into some kind of dini thing you know don't try melodramatic yeah you know don't try and say sare roengi yaar koi namaz padhne wala nahi ഫാദർമി uh one one thing that i inshallah to have taught my own children is whenever you go to a masjid any masjid you go to whatever you you know wherever you go just put something in the in the box whether it's very a, nice though you know yeah. whether whether it's a penny whether it's a pound yeah these things will stack up for you on the day of judgment yeah Allah. and i mean there is a, an, a, 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 to giving it, there is an art an art of giving and that you have to inculcate really in children yeah Yeah. and and so you know just wherever you go just give something you know um so that that's fine but you know don't try and clothe it in this kind of stuff are yaar if you're going to talk about it the most who are the most extreme of the people uh, you know uh, of the sects that are around the salafis the wahhabis yeah mm-hmm. you know the saudis okay what did saudi arabia do saudi arabia shut the kaaba down they, they shut the kaaba down they shut they the go, down. Yeah. yeah you know now the, 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 you know there's only one stuff now in the kaaba and that is the cleaners you know and why did they do that because they knew what uh, this disease was they understood and they understood the um that you know the sanctity of human life is more important then you know uh, uh, the the congregation of prayer like this and exactly. for all those and for all those people who who and I don't care what denomination you are and you can hate on me as much as you want please backbite me as much as you like i have many sins that need to be to need to be uh, got rid of okay but for all those people who sat there and said no the masjid shouldn't be closed we'll keep them open we'll do this we'll do that we'll do this we'll do that i wouldn't want to know what answer you are going to give to your lord on the day of judgment when you stand there and say that we endangered our community we endangered we may even be responsible you know uh you know indirectly for harm and death for of your deaths. people yeah. yeah okay if you can live with that right then i'm uh, and and get, and you can still keep your masajid open then i'm sorry i don't know what islam you're following i don't know subhanallah you know that's so true you if know if islam is not about the love of humanity then it is nothing it's a zero sum game it's either it's either about that or it isn't yeah. and because if we love god then we should love god's creation yeah because god has created everything these these things me and you and all this this all belongs to god this all is a creation of his we are the kind of we are the, we are the muhafiz we are the people who are supposed to look after this okay and instead of looking after instead of even being ambivalent you are actively causing harm to people 
in the name of the religion, then as I said, I'm sorry, I don't do not understand what the deen I do. I I have a, I have a different Islam to you, mate. Yeah. I'm sorry. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. You know. Very well said, Doc. I totally hundred percent second everything you're saying. You know. So true. And it's so disappointing. I feel sometimes some of the leadership uh, in Muslim countries especially, I feel that they're almost doing it on purpose so they can be seen as defiant against the authorities or, you know, like I'm kind of, uh, you can't tell me what to do. And then obviously justifying it with Islam, which doesn't make any sense either. But So your worship should be for Allah. Your worship shouldn't be to put two fingers up to the man. Exactly. If your worship is just so that you can piss the uh, your regime off, yeah. then you get what you intended, right? Just don't expect much on the day of judgment. Yeah. And and the catastrophe—it's not even you know the catastrophe where, because in those countries, I mean, there's no health system. I mean, in the UK, bringing it to this here, the catastrophes that that we are facing within the UK and. and I suppose the West by extension. I mean, you're witnessing this firsthand, are you not, Doc? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing it, and uh, you know, as I said, uh, you know, I I too have been under quarantine because one of my family members uh, got COVID, and so we I had to self quarantine. So I haven't been in the hospital for a couple of uh, weeks. But my colleagues from other hospitals, and in fact any hospital within the region. They will tell. They will tell you that it's a, it's an unprecedented situation. You know, truly without precedent. You know, where you know patients are deteriorating in front of people's eyes. They're coming in quicker. It's like a production line. Forget even that. I heard from a brother who is involved with the uh, burials uh, at Green Lane Masjid. You know, the, the funeral service. And he said that it is like a production line. One comes in, one comes, you know, I, we're having this, we are, we are overloaded with dead bodies. I've read today something about a mortuary being set up in Birmingham. Is, is, have, have you heard of this with a capacity I, of 1,500 or 1,000 or something like this? Is this just no, no, fake news or what, what, what I, is I, this? I, I, know that, I, know, I know that a temporary hospital has been set up. In Birmingham. In, 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 in Birmingham, yes. At the, at, the, at the NEC. So at the NEC, it's going to be converted into a, to, uh, a temporary uh, hospital. Uh, they're also going to be doing that with, uh, I think, the Excel Centre in London. And props to uh, the boxer, Amir Khan. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 hats yeah. off to him. Yeah, he's, he, he's, I think, I, I, I don't he's know He's donated where. his wedding hall. He's got yeah, a wedding I, I, venue site. Yeah, yeah, I think For five million, I think it's Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, I think it's in Manchester, I think, or Bolton or something like that, you know. And um, I'm surprised the, there isn't more of this happening. More people are not kind of giving up, or the government are not asking, or... What, I mean, why is... No, 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 you know, the, 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 the thing with the news is, the thing yeah. with the news, and we all know this, right? And, you know, uh, I'm sure you know this more, the, more than me, is that you can look at one piece of news and you can look at it in different, different angles, right? Yeah. And you can, uh, or you can be looking at one piece of news and ignoring another piece of news here. So, for example, there have been literally hundreds of thousands of people who have volunteered to come in to yeah. work in the NHS 
people who are unskilled, yeah. you know, people who have no medical training, but they've gone, come back, gone back to help out, you know, whether that may be just, you know, being portraying, you know, uh, carrying supplies, you know, donating their van. A lot of these people aren't Muslim. You know, no, it's, of course, most yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, and it it shows the innate fitra that Allah has put within people. No, it's a, you know, it, it, yeah. yeah, you know, it it comes out in these uh, situations. So, you know, you can so you can spin it one way and say, well, you know, why have they only made three extra or two extra hospitals? Or you can spin it and say, well, you know, fifteen thousand nurses have gone back. You know, after retirement, I got a text message from a uh, the sister, the old sister of the A&E department I used to work at many years ago when I was a junior doctor who is retired, who is enjoying her retirement in Spain or somewhere else or the other. And after having come back, um, has now decided to go back into work to help out. She doesn't need to do that. She, you know, she's not a young woman herself. She's in her 60s, you know. So, um, I, th I, I think, you know, uh, the news or the situation or the halata, you know, halo halata, depend yeah. a lot upon your nazaria. Depend on how I mean, you want to look at here it. Here are some, I just want to bring up, uh, this is, uh, I believe he's the chief editor of Lancet, um, I think Richard Horton. I'm just going to bring. Can you if you can? Can you hear that, Doc? Yeah. Yes. I um I can't hear it, but I am aware of what uh, uh, the, the, so distinct, just the the distinct editor said. Viewers can hear it, right? So was hitting cities. People were being admitted to hospital, admitted to intensive care units, and dying. And the mortality was growing. We knew that. 11 weeks ago and then we wasted February when we could have acted time when we could have ramped up testing time when we could have got personal protective equipment uh, ready and disseminated we didn't do it I'm hearing that not just personal protective equipment is not available it's the wrong kind of personal protective equipment what we have isn't even WHO standard we're putting our health workers who we've just all clapped here in the front lines without the armor they need to defend themselves they're wearing surgical masks which are not WHO standard they're wearing thin plastic aprons which are not standard and they're wearing rubber gloves which only cover their wrists exposing their arms to danger jeopardy that is nothing short of a national scandal how could we allow this to happen the hypocrisy of clapping NHS workers and yet the government not supporting them to go into that front line is tragic and it was preventable I'm sorry to say but it was preventable so you've had him here chief editor of Lancet saying that look this that we've got people on the front line who are not if we're going to be he's saying that that let alone they don't have PPE, the PPE they do have is inadequate, it's not up to WHO standards, um, you know, the aprons are too thin, they're not being provided the apparatus they require, they've had uh, a, f a couple of months at least, weeks and weeks of an opportunity to prepare, 
the UK hasn't really prepared. They haven't really seemed to have responded in any meaningful way. So what do you, I mean, you're, you're on the front line, you're uh, familiar with, uh, sorry, somebody, Doc, I think you, you, uh, your son in the back is <laughs> calling you out. So I'll just uh, give, uh, I mean, if you, right, so, I mean, they're saying all of these things. They're saying that uh, people, you know, the, the, the UK government has not been acting responsibly. It's not been acting um, given its resources that it has, given its opportunities. So especially since Doc is uh, on the front line, he's somebody who's seeing the reality on the ground. He's somebody who is witnessing this on a day uh even though you've been in quarantine but on a daily basis so what would you have to i mean say about that is that does that reflect what you're seeing is the government because what we're hearing there the government okay even since it started to act it's still quite kind of sloppy almost it's not really okay it's telling people to stay at home which is great but in addition to that why is it take why is action so slow it's not like the uk is a lazy country and it's not like the UK are, aren't resourceful. And it's not like they truly lack wealth. Why is the reaction, once they have decided to react, still so slow? Why are there not 10 hospitals already set up functioning? All you need is buildings, which they've already got. You can fly in the equipment, air cargo it. You can, uh, you can, you know, you can do all of these things. You, you can set whatever PPE you need, fly it in. If any country that will make it, bring it in. Whatever, you know, you can bring in, like you've mentioned, volunteer workers. You've got the soldiers who are already paid standing soldiers. I mean, that you know, if you need manpower to move things around. Yet nothing is, uh, is really, I mean, people say, I don't know whether this is of any uh, uh, impact or not, but like disinfecting the streets or what China was doing and things like this. Nothing is really being seen despite firm action being now we're in the stage of firm action so what, what are, I mean what are uh, 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 number one I'd have to say that the results of any actions that are done are always delayed so the quarantining and the lockdown that we are experiencing now we will see the results of that in one in two two weeks time because of the lag time the reason that we are now seeing a uh, an increase in cases is because people weren't following government guidance two weeks ago. Or okay. is it that they are just discovering or is it due to increased testing? I mean, what's the... No, no, I mean, I, I, I have to be very careful with my phraseology here. Yeah. Uh, um, I think that upon reflection, um, there were opportunities that could have been utilized better. Mm -hmm. I also under I think that as a general population, uh, especially in the Western world, at the general population, we did not take this seriously. Uh, seriously. You know, this was the kind of thing that happened in them third world tropical countries. This didn't happen does, here. Does and test and no, and fine and fine and finally fundamentally the leaders come from the people 
So of if course. the people, so, so if if the general ambiance, if the general collective, uh, general collective kind of uh, thought process is of, wow, it's not much really, is it? It's just you know you got a mortality of one percent. That's not that bad, is it? It's just whatever, right? Then you know that is going to uh, trans uh, have an effect on people who are in. Uh, power. Yeah. Um, I, think, I mean, like yeah, Boris Johnson like, himself uh, was uh, saying, uh, I'm going around shaking hands with people who've got COVID. Wait, and uh, so, so, I mean, so again, as I said, I think as a populist, we didn't take it seriously. Sure. Uh, I think the medical profession took it very seriously from the beginning. Okay, uh, I, I, too, yeah. I was, uh, I was uh, very, very pleasantly surprised by not just my own but other hospitals within the West Midlands re, uh, region for the plans and the uh, kind of uh, contingencies that they were looking into quite early on mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, in this crisis. And I think they have done the best that they ca- ha- uh, can do. Um, other things... As I said, I have to be very careful I with what that, I say. Doc, but, I understand that, Doc. I have to be very careful with what I say. And, you know, if it's a case of having a go at the government, well, you know, I can have, you know... No, the, it's the, not the, about, uh, no, it's not about just taking a go at the government. I mean, I'm not interested in that. Just a lot of questions that people have. Like, so one thing on testing. Would testing more people be, is it useful? Is it something that should have been done? And why were the NHS frontline not tested? Was that a legal loophole? What, what are your uh, thoughts on uh, this? Okay, this is my personal opinion. Of course. My, of course. Again, my personal opinion. Yeah. I know the WHO guidance was to test. Okay. okay. Sure. And the countries that did do a lot of testing, such as Japan and South Korea, they had a much uh you know they were able to control the spread and flatten the curve exactly um in a in a way that a lot of other countries have not been able to do so okay the counter argument was that the test itself wasn't particularly accurate it had a what we call a false negative a significant false negative what is that uh so what does that mean so a false negative is when the test says you haven't got it, but you do mm-hmm. in reality. Okay. So, um, and so that it, it's like, that is the worst kind of, uh, kind of statistical error that you want. You know, there's lots of statistical errors that can occur with any kind of, um, you know, test that you use, you know, um, like a false positive is, you know, you're flagged up as having it when actually you don't have it, you know. Um, a false negative is the worst because it's, it's, it's saying, well, you haven't got it, you're fine, go home. Uh-huh. But actually, you do. Now, the numbers that are quoted very wildly in the literature, but I have seen numbers as much as 25% saying of false negatives. So How that much percent? 25 25 wow one out of every four yeah now i don't i don't know how reliable those numbers are Mm -hmm. but i have seen those numbers quoted up on in case those numbers are also a false negative (laughs) 
<laughs> may well be, may well be. Therefore, so, so, so therefore, the point that I'm trying to say is that if you have a patient, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of this from a kind of a realistic perspective, if you have a patient who comes to hospital with symptoms which are consistent with COVID, then testing them isn't going to make a damn difference to what you're going to do. Because you're going to treat them as if they've got COVID, whether they've got it or not. Okay? And the tests that you have, there are some serious doubts about it. Now, um, so therefore, as I said, I can see the argument that maybe the government make for not doing this whole amount of uh, testing Um that uh, the WHO recommended. Um, I, I think it's a good development that they are testing the NHS frontline staff. Why because... the delay? Why the delay? Out of curiosity. Was it just because they needed the staff there and by this way you'd have to send them home or to quarantine? Is that the delay? Um, there's a famous quote by Napoleon which says, not tonight, not, Josephine. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, do not ascribe to malice that which can be adequately explained by incompetence. ہوسنگریٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹیشنٹی
I whenever I, I very rarely obviously I've been outside, but you know, when I was outside I was seeing some people going around in surgical masks or whatever, just randomly. You know. I saw a, a video clip of a of a lady going in a woman going in a, in the Zorb ball. She was kind of <laughs> <laughs> I thought that looks so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wanna do that, I wanna do that. <laughs> That that, that 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 can be your PP. Honestly, yeah. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, so so anyway, so the point that I was trying to get across is that I think a lot of it depends on the context, and I think that depending on the context, that's the PPE that you should have. And I would uh, defer again to uh, you know WHO guidelines on what people should have. Different hospitals are doing different things. Um, and I'm not going to say more. No, than so Doc, you know, today there was this announcement being shared about the on a from a government from a government page about coronavirus is no longer HCID or something. It's no longer or a highly or sorry H no longer highly infectious. Uh, let me bring up the actual. And nobody seemed to understand what on earth that meant. I mean, have you come across this already? Or no, I haven't. I'm gonna let me have let me have a look at this. There's this there was something that was quite... Let me just bring this up if I can as well. And so I'd seen it on a few... Um, let me see. On Momento, I had it right here. I'm just going to... Right, okay. Let me go up. Here it is. All right, I'll just bring it across to... Um, I'll try and bring it up on the screen as well. Just one moment. Okay, I'm gonna uh, try and bring that up right here. One moment. See, technology people, people that think, haha, Mufti doesn't know this stuff. <laughs> One moment, un momento. Un momentico. Right now. Um, All right, so oh no, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna stop the message from. I think you might be referring to whether whether virus can be as a pandemic. Or, um. So. I, I mean, so that is the only things that I'm finding on a Google search. No, uh, I'm bringing it up right here. I'm just waiting for it to just load one moment. Um, okay, here it is. It's just going to take one second. See, I need, really, I need a bunch of secretaries around here just working around. <laughs> yeah, they're called kids. <laughs> Okay, now I'm just going to, Doc, get you in on that as well. One moment. Um, right, just so you can see that as well. Can you see that, Doc? Okay, let's have a look. So, 
This is this is old news. But it says as of nineteen March twenty twenty. Yeah, what's the date today? Okay, yeah, but okay, so it's, it's but this is saying it's no longer considered to be high consequence infectious disease HCID in the UK. Is that I mean? But, but I'm thinking last year that I mean by the nineteen isn't that close to, you know, when they went into quarantine? So what is, what on earth I, is? I don't know why they have come up with that. Is that I, I, I don't understand that. You don't understand? Because I read it. I couldn't even understand what it meant, to be honest with you. I don't understand that. And I especially don't understand that given the time when it was written. It was written on the 19th of March. And the world has changed significantly since the 19th of March. Right. So, I mean, I... Just bringing up here what uh, uh, right so I mean I I read that and it just made me basically just feel stupid. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? I can't even understand what it what it's saying. So yeah, I I I, I think it's something to do with the classification of uh, pandemics and whatever. I I think it's an academic stroke moot point. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't give much importance yeah, to it. Yeah, cool. No, that sounds, that sounds fine. I mean, so, you know, Doc, also your thought on... Uh, I have answered this already uh, on my Monday Nights with Mufti. I said, well, speaking about Russell and burial for the deceased from who are fallen victim to COVID-19, I've said that Russell... Uh, I don't believe, personally, I did give the fatwa, it does not uh, need to be done, the obligation isn't there. And I've said that if the scientific and medical advice said about contamination of the ground with burial, if it said that, which I think they made an exemption for uh, religious rights, but still, if it did, I said that uh, in accordance with the fatwa of the Egyptian ulama, the Darlift al-Misri, Sheikh, uh, Ibrahim uh, Shawqi, uh, sorry, Shawqi Ibrahim Alam and uh, Abdullah bin Bayya regarding Ebola, the same fatwa that cremation could be done if required. But I mean, what are your thoughts as a, uh, somebody who also has, you know, you're interested okay. in religion? So, uh, uh, so I mean, I, I, will defer to, I will defer to the fatwa of uh, the ulama on, uh, um, you know, on this. What I would say is that the legislation that has been put forward, um, which involves you know, the cremation of bodies um, rather than burial, is not, the legislation is not targeted um, towards preventing contamination. It's not? It's, okay. As far as I understand it and my reading of the uh, of the of the bill that was mm -hmm. put through Parliament, which I have looked through, mm -hmm. and I've seen the exemptions that have been put in as well, is that it's predominantly because of capacity. That oh, there's not right. that there isn't enough space in graveyards for burials. And Seriously, so, isn't there? Uh, I think uh, in non-Muslim graveyards for a long time this has been a problem. Okay. In, in non-Muslim graveyards. How difficult are, is it to set up a new, uh, new graveyards? 
Allah 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 I don't know how you would set one up but uh I mean, yeah, for the I, government it surely can't be difficult they just got a lot yeah, of, well, of land no no I I I see me go through the council and councils have had their spending uh uh cut over the last 10 years with Tory austerity haven't they hmm. so um this is I, the thing and it when you vote for someone who considers you to be just part of a herd <laughs> yeah exactly so, yeah. um, so the, my understanding, and I, um, uh, I, uh, I may have understood incorrectly, but my understanding was that the issue around cremation was that if there wasn't enough capacity within the graveyards, that the um, that the local authority could compel you to cremate rather than bury. Mm. Um, now. I am not aware of the latest scientific evidence about contamination. Okay. Uh, I thought, I, I personally thought it was a contamination uh, issue. Okay. Um, if, if that is the case, and if it is the case about contamination, then again, as I said, I will defer to the, the ulama, you know, the fatwa uh, for, from Misr and the fatwa of uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Baya. I will, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. But that okay, my sure. understanding has been that it was more about capacity okay. rather than contamination. Uh, Allahu Alam, I might be wrong. No, no, um, you could be, you could be right. I have on that note, I did come across they they made an amendment to ex exempt, uh, I think, Jewish and Muslim rights from that. I did read. Uh, we should sort of we we should thank the Lord for the Yahud. There you go, God's God's it. children. God's children, I tell you, otherwise... God's otherwise, favorite people, the Israelites. We should thank them. We should thank them. Otherwise, there'd be no halal meat, no circumcision and no burials, mate. Trust me. Yeah, that's true, though. That is very true. In this country, ain't nobody going to care about a bunch of... Uh, well, a bunch of Muslims say, yeah. yeah nobody but, cares about us. But, you know, props to the Bani Israel. They got themselves into positions where they safeguard their community. You know, oh, yeah. I think... Um, this was um, something that the late Dr. Isra Ahmed said, you know, learn from the uh, Bani Israel, not just learn the bad, you know, the mistakes that they made, but learn the good that they've done as well. Mm. No, true, true, true. But, uh, right, um, so... Although I may well be paraphrasing him. <laughs> no, no, sure. Sure, your, uh, Doc, your thoughts on, look, this, people are saying we are two weeks behind Italy. Yeah. Now, even though Spain has now seemed to have superseded and potentially become the new epicenter for deaths, not for cases. I think America has become for cases, but that may just be because they're doing mass testing. Now, uh, is first of all, do you feel that is the case? And secondly, why, why is Italy so such a fatality on this matter? Like, what do you feel that was a a, a different strain or a different? Um, because there's certain theories going around that a, there, Italy there, there, had... there, there, there is some evidence that the that the virus did mutate and it was a more virulent and more uh, yeah. potent form that was in Italy. So you had the uh, S and the L. Yeah, the it? S yeah. and the L. Yeah. yeah. So there is some evidence to that says that. I think the more likely yeah. uh, reason is the fact that that area of northern Italy has a very high elderly population. Do you really buy that though? The highest elderly population in the world is in Japan. And yet Japan didn't seem to be, and it also has a very close-knitted family 
communities and they didn't seem to suffer in the same way. There's some research, Doc, that shows, uh, not research, some investigations that have, that have shed light on, sorry, not shows, shed light on the fact that due to all the designer Italian brands that you have, they have had, most of them are made in China, so they've had a, a huge influx for months on it. I mean, as, as it's an ongoing thing prior to this, that they would have daily a kind of like a channel between parts of Italy and China and workers. And even sometimes there were a lot of uh, illegal kind of Chinese workers and things like this. Some evidence suggests that they've actually, the virus has been present in Italy since the beginning of the year, if not since December that before even Wuhan got locked down, it was in Italy. What are your thoughts on this, Doc? I mean, that, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Uh, it can't be discounted. Um, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure I would bet my house on that theory. Because, no, but, I've heard that there but, are but, so but, much, but, you know, but, the, the ties between the Chinese uh, labor industry and the Italian design industry are so like deeply embedded in getting stuff done, getting people having things daily being brought back, all their kind of clothes, all of this stuff is mainly made in China. It's not made in uh, Italy itself. Uh, in addition to this, some rumors like this part, people can substantiate with the daily flights of direct flights back and forth to China and people coming. But there's also rumors about like the underworld trading. So between the Italian mafia and the Chinese triad uh, where they smuggled things back and forth. Uh, there's rumors. I mean, that's not obviously uh, as clear as day, but it's something I, I, I mean, I wonder what your thoughts are. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a possibility. It's a, it's a possible attack vector. Um, I could it's it's possible. I don't think it's ever provable. Hmm. Of course, of course. I mean, to prove something is uh, something else. Do you feel that Italy is an uh, an anomaly, or no. is the Italy an inevitability? I think Italy is um, the standard, or... the standard, the standard model. The standard model, but yet we see it not, you know, other countries not taking suit. South Korea, Japan, uh, other South, countries. Yeah, South, really... South, South, South Korea and Japan had a, a completely different approach to COVID when it first came. They had a completely different approach. The the approach that Italy had is very similar to the approach that Spain. And a lot of European countries and the UK. What is it that the other countries did that was more effective? Uh, early, early recognition, early lockdown, early testing. They took it seriously. I see. They saw it and they took it seriously. Whilst, uh, as I said, maybe out of a sense of complacency, Western Europeans were a bit kind of, no, oh, this doesn't happen to us. Mm, yeah, I think it does, mate. It's one thing that coronavirus has shown is that viruses aren't racist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does it's, 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 do you, I mean, do, on that note, also, do, what are your thoughts on how, you see, if this virus is detected on, as, as the Chinese reports say, the 1st of December, means it must have been, uh, pro, it must have been in existence in, since November, at the at the you know that the latest really um if not earlier now 
Wuhan goes into lockdown just this year, right? So it's had several weeks of operation, you know, maybe between one to two months of operation this virus has had. How have the, has the rest of China not been uh, infected so bad? How, how, did, how does that happen? Uh, number one, do you necessarily believe the integrity of the figures from the Chinese Communist Party? I don't, but I do believe I, that the it would this, be like if the whole of China was on lockdown. We okay, would so know. so that's so that's point number one. Point number two is that China's population is vastly concentrated along its eastern seaboard. Mm-hmm. Okay, and those provinces and Shenzhen are more densely. Shanghai, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, when Shanghai was not locked down though. No, Shanghai, no, fair point. But when you go out west towards Tibet, towards uh, uh, the uh, Xinjiang, you know, the where the Uyghurs live. Oh, oh, sorry, west. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when you go out west that way, or when you go out north. Uh, up towards near the North Korean and Russian borders. Those are much less sparsely populated, much less industrialized. You know, Uh, there's been, there has, and even in places within the interior, there's been big uh, migrations from rural to urban centers. So um, it wouldn't, again, it wouldn't surprise me um, and and the thing is, you can't you can't trust anything that comes from China. You can't trust the as in the official sources. You have no idea. Do you not oh, feel, oh, Doc? Oh, do you oh, not oh, feel oh, that this came out of a Wuhan lab by accident? I believe it's a possibility. Because I feel that look, China's level four biotech lab is just a twenty minute drive from the wet markets. Yeah, this lab is china's only lab that deals with fatal lethal viruses and it's actually one of its pioneering work has been on and this is on it's nothing hidden it's what it, it did some global recognition work on coronaviruses in 28 i think a few years back uh is it not more likely that a person gets infected from there accidentally he is the true patient zero from which it, you know clusters emerge maybe in the wet markets when he's there and stuff like this uh, if this be the case, because then China would have known, I mean, they did share the genome structure very very rapidly, but they would have known this from the get-go, and they may even have potential antidotes that they are using but not sharing, even if they are have a lot of risks, for example. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, number one, again, it's a possible theory. Number two, it's not a provable theory. Number three, it's uh, it, well, it, it is known that this virus does exist in bats. It is known that bats are sold at the wet market. True, true. Yeah, true, yeah true. you know. But there are wet uh, markets uh, all it, over it, China, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. in no, Wuhan. No, 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 I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, I, may, maybe this is the um, anesthetist in me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm not bothered about where something came from or how something happened i want to deal with the situation as it is you know i you know um i'm a person who has a problem solving mentality right so i at the moment what we have is a highly infectious virus that is infecting a lot of people that has a significant mortality rate in people who are elderly and with comorbidities and I think 
our intellectual and uh, other kind of efforts should be put forward in that in that vein, you know, to try and deal with the problem rather than uh, looking into theories of how the, it originated because I don't know what value that would give us at this moment in time. Once the, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse, we can have a, a proper uh, post-mortem, post as they would say in India, yeah? yeah, of how, why, and all this. But at this moment in time, the priority, I feel, has to be on the treatment of patients, the, the, the stopping of the spread, um, uh, etc., rather than... I mean, the, the, these are interesting. No, uh, these are these are interesting speculations to speculations, have, and yeah. I, I suppose you know, since we are all in quarantine and we are all you know getting bored probably, and there's only so much Netflix you can watch, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's why uh, there's Mind Trap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking um, of treatments, uh, Doc, your thoughts on uh, hydroxychloroquine being used and being kind of like sized up by Donald Trump and some other countries. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on this? I know that uh, there are a number of trusts in the UK who are trialling the use of uh, hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. um, um, wh whether it works, uh, we don't know. There seems to be some evidence, some good, some, ho you know, uh, what's the word I want to I'm looking for? Some promising evidence. Yeah. Uh, that it is helpful in certain cases. Uh, I don't believe a word that Donald Trump ever says. So the fact, yeah, but it's not coming from So the fact that he's bigging it up, he's probably got shares in a company that m makes uh, hydroxychloroquine. I think he's struggling uh, with his whole economy being shut down because America's so huge and such an industrial state, really, to shut it all down. Oh, oh don't don't get me started on Donald Trump, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, know yeah, yeah, it's it, it already quarter past three, yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, we haven't, we haven't even got to the questions yet. We you know, the thing on, uh, on on treatments, doc. You know, there's this, there's these questions here that look, realistically speaking, if the NHS, let's say, or in the UK, when people come in that have COVID, that are elderly, that are part of the the kind of volatile group that they're saying that the vulnerable group the old whatever potentially quite serious if they boosted them up with all kind of immune boosting drugs in honesty and use these kind of drugs like hydrochloroquine or other things or even uh, anything that would boost the immune system proactively would they not slash the death rates by 50 percent i i feel they would I think that's a very simplistic way of looking at things. But is it not a realistic one and a practical no. one? No. Why not? Por qué? Por qué, no. doctor? I, Por I guess. Qué? So, so uh, the, the first thing that a doctor is supposed to do is for first cause no harm. Okay? So you have no idea whether this concoction of stuff that you're going to be giving them is going to harm them. But they're going to die I, at this rate. And they are dying. So that's why. why so, like... so, uh, uh, so so that's why. Uh, well, okay. If 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 you want to get into the economics of it, 
all right the uh, there is a specific pot of money right yeah. there's a large pot but it's a specific lo- uh, pot of money which you have to allocate your your staff your equipment uh, your resources uh, effectively and properly st- uh, to look after your patients now is it more sensible to be exploring novel alternative therapies or doing that which you know works um with the facilities that you have so i think that it's um it's overly simplistic and not uh scientifically validated to uh come up with something like that um drugs vary massively in cost uh a a tablet of aspirin 300 mg tablet of aspirin which has been shown to decrease mortality if you ha- if you have one while you are having a heart attack costs 1 pence per tablet a anti immune uh injection for say something like uh rheumatoid arthritis can co- can cost 10000 per course so I I I I think that's a bit of a I mean simpler, I, 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 I think if I, think I could just say dark like like there were certain countries did have this methodology yeah like I know India is amongst them I know South Korea was amongst them I think Australia that they weren't just uh working on vaccines and whatever but they were exploring these kind of options like kind of juicing them up with different things like there were certain studies that uh and here was one that there was a drug Keletra uh that was used on patients in uh South Korea now even though it was shown as not effective against covid but the results showed that the study the death rate in collector patients was 15% at day 28 versus 27.1% amongst placebo patients now so people were saying that even though these drugs and that's my point that even though some of these drugs are not killing covid but they are slowly slashing the death rate now you see so this is my point i do understand it's about money i do understand but really how many patients are you even dealing with on a national scale you're not dealing with those that are fatally like coming into hospitals you're not even dealing with you know like 50,000 you're not even dealing so right now currently it would just be in several thousands that you're dealing with in that are you know so serious it wouldn't be that expensive i know in the uk there's a lot of red tape they can't kind of give I, something I, I, and... I, I, i don't want to uh make come across as saying that this is a purely economic argument it's no. not a, it's not a purely economic argument you know if the if the money is the issue yeah 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 okay yeah. i'm coming i'm coming oh, just... sorry um i i i don't want to i don't want you to uh, come across that i'm just saying that oh we ain't got the money to do it or we haven't got the money to do that frankly you know whenever you do a treatment you have to have evidence i the paper that you quote uh i i haven't read i haven't drilled into the details i think that you know uh 
uh, 27%, you know, is... And that's just one drug. Yeah, but, you know, what what kind of sample sizes are we looking at? What kind of null hypotheses? What kind of uh, validations are we looking at? What is We're looking at involved? people still How, alive. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I agree yeah. with you, but no, no, I just no, feel no, sometimes no, thinking no, out no, the no, box no, is better. My point is that you need stronger evidence if you're going to do something because you don't want a situation yeah. where you do, you know, may, may, maybe, you know, these things are, these drugs have risks of their own, you know, yeah. and yeah, they may, they may not die in the first 28 days. What about their mortality at six months? What about their mortality at eight months, twelve months? You know, um, uh, what what about chances of probably renal failure, liver failure, something like that? You know. Um, no, I get you. I just wanted to bounce that off you. What are your thoughts as a doctor? Things need to be validated properly. Yeah, and if there is compelling evidence, that's fine. I am not an expert. Uh, as I said, I'm also been in quarantine for two no, weeks. No, you are. You, so you're so a doctor. Yeah. I'm too a <laughs> doctor. Ne? I'm just a... <laughs> somebody said, Mufti, you ain't a doctor. Of course I ain't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, all, I, all I'll say is that, um, you know, it's very... Correlation does not imply causation. Of course not. But I also feel that sometimes the the problem is not in what you do, but rather in action, rather in inaction. That we, you see, it's we're not doing, and it seems to be our manhaj, if I can say, that seems to be the problem, not the lack of resources or the ability. It seems to be the, the methodology big, the, 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 is the, the, not the right. The biggest problem in our methodology was that we didn't take it seriously. And But what about now? We're still not taking it seriously. No, I think we're... To, uh, the, uh, the, 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 I, I think mean, we are taking well, it seriously, I think... but we're not acting. There's still a lack of action. There's a lack of action. What are you on about, man? There's a bloody quarantine. You can't go out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but there's yeah, a quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know, a man can't all get his bananas shot. Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, there's a quarantine. Yeah, you know, uh, you know I, I, I'm having to sit with, the, you know, they're trying to entertain three kids at home, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> Right, I, uh, you know, and you know, <laughs> divorce after, rates have gone through the roof. <laughs> well, I, could, I, I, I tell you, some of the memes that have been coming out have been hilarious. That in nine months' time, there's going to be a uh, a baby a boom, baby boom, yeah. 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 These are and the post COVID, and they're the coronials, the cor- <laughs> coronial, <laughs> yeah. And that when they and then and in 2033, they'll be known as the quarantine ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they will only be firstborn children. Yeah, true. Because, because the people with more than one who've already got children will not have had the time to make any more children. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. comes. Speaking on that, on children, a lot of people had been asking this question on um, what is it, cousin yeah, marriages? Yeah, I understand. We've got some questions. We better get some. So, questions if there's any I'm... questions, we can fire through people. Uh, we'll try and get some rapid round. We've been going on, keeping Doc awake. Did an extended session. Yeah, Doc isn't a vampire like us. Yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. Uh, we gotta have have mercy on our frontline staff. <laughs> Right, so 
So what are some, so one question was about um, one question was about cousin marriages. I don't know why people wanted that, but they wanted cousin marriages. Okay. So um, and being start, a doctor. Okay, so let me say that uh, an isolated cousin marriage between, i.e., that is a uh, cousin marriage between uh, first cousins, in of in of itself is not uh, harmful. The problem we have in our community in the UK is that we have multiple generations of first cousin marriages. You know, we have Let's keep uh, it in the family. Yeah, g uh, going back four, five, six generations of first cousins marrying each other. This is therefore going to mean that any uh, genetic abnormalities that are that are present in anybody's genome, you know, we're not, none of us are perfect. We've all got the, some abnormalities somewhere, but they are amplified. The genes because, go, yeah, pir, pir, yeah. another yeah. mirror image. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're decreasing the, you know, the gene pool, and so you're increasing the likelihood of. Uh, abnormalities. Uh, there is a myth that goes through a lot of Islamic uh, folklore that this is somehow some kind of Islamic practice. It's it is Islamic exact to marry cousin, you think? Old, think yeah, that, I've heard that in uh, in India anyway. Oh yes, nay, hum ye yes, achhi baat hai, nek baat hai, iska aste hum karte hain, and it's like bollocks, mate. It's why would not. they think it's a, a nek baat or Islamic baat? Why? 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 Because why? of because Fatima and Ali. No, 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 it's just folk. It's just folk kind of uh, tradition. It's, you know, why? I don't, do you think anybody's actually intellectualized it? <laughs> yeah. You know. They got you know, well, well, I, I can, uh, um, so, so that's, so that's, so, mm. therefore, um, I, I personally dissuade anybody. I mean, okay, man, if you fall in love with your first cousin, then you fall in love with your first cousin. Fall in love? Yeah, fall in love, nay, fall in bed. But, you know, um, <laughs> as a general rule, when people are looking for rishte, I would avoid marrying within uh, families. I think that it is better for the Muslim community in general, for the Muslim community to uh, establish itself and become more... Uh, established and embedded into the community within the British Muslim community that that they marry outside and this is one of the things that um, the ulama um, um, I remember a fatwa was given by uh, Sheikh Uthaymeen the Salafi scholar from Saudi Arabia who said uh, that it is preferred that one marry outside one's tribe and one's uh, Absolutely. So, so that uh, they can bring communities together and bring, forge new relationships where relationships didn't exist before. You know, uh, it, makes, it makes stronger human beings. It's, yeah, it's yeah. something that was known. Um, in fact, one of the uh, ancient, uh, one of the, the kind of Jahiliya poetry as well says, uh, it's something about I, I love he loved a particular woman, but he says I didn't. And like he says, out of fear that my offspring from her will be weak because she's related to me. That mm. was uh, so the Arabs had this thing that uh, uh, Sayyidina Umar uh, said that aghribu fin nikah that you know marry distantly as in yeah, yeah. different that you will it's more stronger for your offspring yeah. okay there's uh, another uh, question coming in here somebody's saying about all this panic buying is it haram i believe it's categorically hoarding 
You see, panic buying is just stupid. I suppose being stupid might not be haram, but it's just, you know, it's it's your share of what <laughs> the IQ that I suppose divinely was given to you. For some reason, <laughs> God must have obviously well, used some well, wisdom. <laughs> you, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people talk about lessons from history. You know, yeah. people say, oh, there's lessons from history, like history repeats itself or history, this, that, and the other. I'll tell you the number one lesson from history. People are stupid. Dumb. That's it. People are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are people are stupid. So you know, as you as you rightly say, hoarding is haram. At the mo at this moment, is not only haram because in in of itself. And, and there is a hadith in Bukhari, by the way, ihtikar, hukra is haram. Yeah, because now it has the double effect that not only are you hoarding, you are preventing others. You know, we must have all seen that heartbreaking picture of the nurse yeah. who turned up to uh, uh, the Tesco's after work, uh, you know, in tears that she couldn't buy anything, you know, because, you know, some idiots had gone up and bought, you know, 30,000 thingies of rolls of bog roll. Look, man, man, learn to wash your ass with water. Yeah? Exactly, but, exactly. You know, uh, you know, your friendly Pakistani or Indian neighbor will show you how. Yeah, <laughs> will give a practical. No, I mean, but this included the Muslims. The Muslims were doing all this hoard buying as well. It was like crazy. So they, I don't know, they decided so, to stock uh, up on so, so, so hundred bags said, of rice, <laughs> hundred uh, bags of flour. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, what's the word, rule of history? People are stupid. Yeah, stupidity, huh? Yes, yeah, Salam. Somebody had said, uh, so I hope that answers that question. Somebody had asked, does fasting uh, build up the immune system to better fight off viruses? There, um, is, uh, there is some evidence to show that um, uh, fasting um, has a number of metabolic advantages, um, immunity being one of them. Uh, it's contested. Uh, I... I would it it kind of makes sense to me physiologically yeah that it would um but I think it also you'd have to drill into the detail of what they define as fasting so for example uh we're all aware of the intermittent fasting diet that yeah. a lot of people do that is not the siam of the muslims is it that is you know that because because they you can drink um, during the entire period, it's just food that you don't have. Of course, you know. So therefore, um, you, you'd have to look at the individual studies and the individual evidence to find out what they have specified fasting to be. Sure. Uh, and then take a look at the results. I they're wrong. I just want to add. Somebody had commented that look, you know, we've spoken about hoarding, but yet Yusuf Ali Salam commanded the king to kind of hoard for seven years worth of stock. So this is where you get, you know, you mentioned about the people, but then one or two amongst them get a bit intelligent and they think, well, Ike, not only can we have these dumb ideas, we can justify them through the Quran. Neem Hakim Khatre Jan, Neem Pir Khatre Iman, right? La, 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 la. That is so true, that is so true. Yeah, and I'll I'll like, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah because a half yeah. doctor would is somebody that would compromise your health, and a half, you know, beer or a scholar is somebody that would ruin your iman. Now, yeah. just to be clear, that this thing where there is one thing taking national action, 
okay, taking or whatever, like obviously back then they weren't nations, but they, in that sense, they were nations, obviously the Egyptian pharaohic kind of uh, pharaonic state, whatever it was, its empire. A country saying we are going to have a famine next year, or if people, if the UK, I feel, let's say, had proactively, other countries had proactively thought, okay, there's a virus coming, let's stock up, let's get resources, let's do this, let's deal with all of that. That is, uh, that is not uh, the same as people panic buying and personally stocking up. So you've got two very different things. So where you've got on one hand a country saying let's make sure we've got enough resources to feed our people that is absolutely intelligent and a must to do it's not the same as me going to a local supermarket thinking you know what i'll just buy out all the bloody sugar and all the milk and all on this on this shelf and now my whole neighborhood is going to struggle to get food or to get their essentials because i've decided to get there first and just buy the whole thing out and thereby creating a kind of panic and a social uh, hoarding culture because other people are going to think well damn before other people do it I better jump on it and I better stock up and everybody starts thinking like this it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy so it is not the same is nothing to do with how Yusuf alayhi salam uh, advised the king, look, why don't you store up the kind of national storage? Uh, or if any country does that, that's that's the right thing to do. Okay, this is the dumb thing to do. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, you know, just, yeah, 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 just just because you've read a translation by Abdullah Yusuf Ali doesn't now suddenly give you a, you know. Yeah, exactly. And this is a prime example of people. A degree in Islamic studies. Like this is a prime example of why your reading of the Quran is 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 leading to more harm. Yeah, yeah, so if there yeah. are any other quick questions, I don't want uh, really to be affecting Doc's uh, time. Let's see, today we've had, uh, no, that's still on the hoarding. We've answered that, felt bad for the nurse. People are absolutely, um, is it not permissible to hoard at the expense of the profit use of somebody else? Asked that as well, wow. Okay, okay so fine. Uh, so, you know, as they say, uh, uh, great minds think alike and fools seldom differ. <laughs> right. So people... I, 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 I apologize if I'm getting a bit cranky. but No, no, no. Absolutely. I think, you know what, Doc? It's been awesome. We really went on. I actually thought we're just going to do a quick one hour, uh, cover some of these things. But it, just talking with you, Doc, as always, has been so awesome. Yes, um, as, always, as always it is, you know. And post-quarantine, definitely. Uh, pop round, yeah. Mi casa es su casa. It's, uh, yes, you're always it's, it's, welcome. It's same here. here as well. Same here and as people, well. And people, those of you tuning in that have hacked this, um, you know, shukran, jazakumullah khair for your support and for your comments, encouraging comments. By the way, if anybody does want to reach out to Doc, he is available on on Facebook. You are available. And uh, 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 Twitter is probably the best place. Twitter to get. is the best place to hit Doc up, which is Doctor. No, it's Majid Sheikh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Majid Sheikh. Uh, that's his handle. Cool people. Other than that, it's been awesome. Take very good care of yourselves, please. For the love of God, stay in your homes. Stay at right. home and watch. Stay at home and watch.
Quédate en tu puta casa. My last message is get the salam 